uh, Evan to make you like single screen and record you if that's okay, so we can publicize it afterwards. There you go. Great. Okay, good evening everyone. Hello on Zoom. <laughs> um, yeah, tonight um, I'm going to be talking about favoritism. Um, and favoritism can be a real stumbling block or a scheme that the enemy can use to distract us or draw us aside from our main purpose. Um, and so the scripture that I'm going to start with is James 2. James chapter 2. Sorry, I haven't got the scriptures in front of you on the screen. Um, I can give them to you afterwards if anyone would like them. Please message me. James chapter 2 verses 1 to 5. Let's read together. My brothers, as believers in our Lord Jesus Christ, do not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand here, or sit on the floor at my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? And so the verse that stands out from that is verse one. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, do not show favoritism. So what is this favoritism of which they speak? The definition of favoritism is the practice of giving unfair or preferential treatment to one person or a group at the expense of another. So you, you see, we can't show one person favoritism without excluding someone else by definition. And when you look into this topic, there are over 100 references in scripture to favoritism or partiality. And partiality means an unfair bias in favor of one person or thing. In Romans 2 verse 11, we read a short verse which says, for God does not show favoritism. Or in another version, for God, there is no partiality with God. There is no bias. We serve a God who is faithful and just who doesn't show bias. It's quite normal though, isn't it, for us to choose to spend time with people who we have a natural connection with. But can I just point out the obvious? Church is different. We don't choose each other. God chooses us. Therefore, we choose each other. We choose to accept one another and to spend time with one another because we have this one thing in common, Jesus. We have become the family of God and we are on the same journey together. And you know what? These relationships are permanent. They endure into eternity. So all of us on the Zoom call now who know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior are our brothers and sisters for eternity. What a scary thought. <laughs> so we choose 
to invest and to cultivate and nurture the relationships with our brothers and sisters. And we choose to show mercy and grace to one another. There are many opportunities we can choose to, to show one another that we love each other. And as the Bible says, we can confess our sins one to another in a trusted relationship and so grow together and be healed. We exist as a Christian community, not just for our own personal growth, but to be a light in the world, lights in the darkness. In John 3, 16, we read, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. Not one people group, not one gender, not one age, the whole world. Therefore, it's good to reflect that Jesus is impartial and unbiased, both towards our brothers inside the church and to those outside of the church. We also need to reflect the same attitude as Christ Jesus, who was just and fair. And why is that so important? Because we reflect Jesus to the people in our community. We reflect Jesus to the people in our church. We reflect Jesus to the people in our workplace, our schools, our streets. And it's so important that we are fair. What parent or teacher has heard their kid cry out, that's not fair. Why should she have it and not me? Our sense of justice is one of our strongest instincts, especially when we're defending ourselves. Have you witnessed favoritism at work? When a colleague is given time off, or a pay rise, or a bonus that isn't available to you, your sense of injustice is awoken. The beast has woken up. It's not fair. The cry of every human heart. And wanting justice is a good thing. But so often we want justice for ourselves, defending our own rights rather than defending the weak the poor. When someone has the title boss or leader or manager, parent, teacher, we have the expectation that they will be fair, which is only right. The Black Lives Matter that is currently, the movement, if you like, that is currently um, in the news is shining a light on the uncomfortable reality that prejudice exists in every sector in every arena of our society, sadly, even the church. What about my heart? What about your heart? When I finish speaking this evening, you will have the opportunity to join me in a prayer of repentance. It's very powerful when we truly repent. We say sorry to God. We turn over a fresh page, a fresh leaf. We have the opportunity to privately confess our sins to God and be cleansed and be healed. But you might respond, when I say God shows no partiality, God has no favorites, you might respond with the question, if God doesn't have favorites, then why did he choose the Jewish nation over all other nations in the world to be his chosen people? And by extension, why are we his chosen people? God's choice isn't based on merit or on our ability. 
it demonstrates, God's choice demonstrates something very significant. His character. A God of faithfulness and without injustice. His loving impartiality is clear. In Deuteronomy 7, verses 5 to 8, it says this, Deuteronomy 7, 5 to 8. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his prized possession out of all the people on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than the other people. For you were the fewest of all peoples. But because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your fathers, he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. You did not choose me, but I chose you. We don't always understand that, do we? And maybe we're not supposed to. Maybe we simply have to trust God's will in this. But it's one thing is clear. God did not choose the Jews because they were more superior or more qualified than anyone else. Quite the opposite. In the New Testament, it's interesting to observe that Jesus spent a lot of time with the needy with the outcast, the poor, the widow, the leper, the tax collectors. Why was that? I think because they needed help and their hands were open to receive Jesus, to receive what Jesus had to give them. Are our hands open to receive what Jesus has for us this evening? Or do we have one hand open and one hand behind our back? <laughs> Being in need sometimes, I would say definitely, makes us more receptive to Jesus. Material need can make us more receptive. In our Western culture, with so much choice, we are sometimes overwhelmed with how, many, how much choice we have and how many possessions we own. Let's be honest, when all our needs are met, our need for food and shelter and comfort and family, when all our needs are met, we can easily become complacent. In a family, if a child has special needs, naturally a parent will give them the extra care and protection that they need, and rightly so, because that is what their child needs. A classic example of favoritism in the Bible is Isaac. Isaac and Rebekah had their favorites. Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game that Esau brought home. He enjoyed his cooking. But Rebekah, she prefers, the Bible clearly says, she loved Jacob. And there we have it, the fatal flaw, the trap of favoritism. And I'm sorry to say that favoritism is a flaw that we can trace back several generations. Abraham favored Isaac over Ishmael. Isaac favored Esau over Jacob. Jacob favored Joseph and Benjamin over all their other brothers with disastrous consequences. 
There are several examples, not just those I've named, in scripture where prophets and kings favored their children with disastrous results. For example, Eli and his sons. And so we can read the Bible and be warned. Be careful. Imagine how that feels to be overlooked. I know with my own children, if one feels overlooked in favor of the other, there is a cry, that cry again. It's not fair. By birthright, the firstborn son, who was Esau, had inherited the leadership of the family and the authority of his father by birthright because he was the firstborn. And interesting to note, Jacob and Esau as twins. When Esau was born first, Jacob was holding on to his heel as he was born, like, wait for me, let me get there first. From the womb, they wrestled for supremacy within Rebekah's womb. Deuteronomy 21 states that Esau was entitled to a double portion of the paternal inheritance. And so rivalry and jealousy spring up between the two brothers. And Jacob plots and schemes with his mother, Rebekah, to rob Esau of the blessing of his inheritance. Jacob masquerades as his brother Esau, deceiving his elderly and blind father and successfully robs Esau of his blessing. We pick up the story in Genesis 27, verses, verse 32. I'll read from there, Genesis 27, verse 32. Just this, we're just picking up the story just after Jacob has stolen Esau's inheritance and he's just left the tent. Esau replied, hello, father, it's your son, your firstborn son, Esau. Isaac began to tremble uncontrollably and said, then who just served me wild game? I have already eaten it and I blessed him just before you came. And yes, that blessing must stand. When Esau heard his father's words, he let out a loud and bitter cry. Oh, my father, my father, what about me? Bless me too, he begged. But Isaac said, your brother was here and he tricked me. He has taken away your blessing. Esau exclaimed, no wonder his name is Jacob, meaning deceiver, for now he has cheated me twice. First he took my rights as the firstborn and now he has stolen my blessing. Oh, haven't you saved even one blessing for me, father? Do you feel perhaps that someone has stolen your blessing? Or perhaps you have been shown favor over your siblings or peers. Have you boasted or crowed over a sibling, a peer or a colleague because you have been favored? For those of us who come into either of these categories, I'm going to give us the opportunity to pray a prayer of repentance. I'm going to pray it now, and if you want to make it your response, then please say amen at the end, in the privacy of your own home, in the privacy of your own heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, 
I know that you love all those you have created. Help me to value them as you value them. I recognize that everyone is made in the image of God. I recognize that all cultures, including mine, fall short of God's kingdom ideals. Forgive me, Father, for placing my own culture, my family, my needs above the needs of others. Forgive me if I have believed that my way is superior to others. Lord God, please forgive me for when I have shown indifference or favoritism. If I've been treated unjustly, Lord, please help me to surrender and let go now of any unforgiveness, any bitterness, any resentment. I release it now. I choose not to show favoritism or partiality in my family, at work, in my church, in my community. I confess that there have been times when I've treated people differently because of their age, their race, or their social standing. Please forgive me, Lord. Please forgive me when I have done nothing to help those in need or I've actively excluded others in thought or deed because they are different from me. I know that you love all those you have created. Help me to value them. Help me to value people as you value them. Help me to show compassion in practical ways for those in need. Lord, teach me to love those whom I wouldn't naturally choose to love because you have shown your great love to me. Amen. Just take a few moments in silence to reflect on what we've said. So now we're going to go into our breakout groups and I thought perhaps we could just discuss have you experienced favoritism or what spoke to you from the talk if anything there was anything you wanted to that, that stood out to you or anything that was new um, just to discuss that um, and to share and if obviously there's any prayer needs please do share those in the small group it's your opportunity to share and to receive prayer if you'd like to. Thank you. Just sorting out the breakout rooms and then I'll...